Uh, this is Electronic Gems, and you're listening to the Paradise Arcade. The Paradise Arcade may contain explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Paradise Arcade with Eric and Kyle. Welcome to another episode of the Paradise Arcade. This week, we've got a very special guest. Um, someone I've been trying to get on for a while, and we've been able to connect. Dan from Electronic Gems, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you very much. I'm happy to be on. That is, It's really awesome to get you on um, because I haven't had a chance to talk to someone who has maybe the unique platform that you have um, and this sort of service and platform for electronic music. Um, certainly labels have their sort of their platforms and we had discussed earlier kind of what Andrew at Stratford does, but you're, you're strictly a, a platform for people to listen to discover music essentially, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's an interesting position. Like, uh, I've been trying to grow it over, you know, uh, when did I start the channel? Like 2013. And, uh, yeah, I've just found myself in this really unique position by chance. So, um, you know, I'm happy to try to propel artists into the kind of like the limelight. And I'm happy to use my platform to do that. And, uh, yeah, I'm very fortunate. I'm really curious, how did you... How did it start? What compelled you to do what you're doing? Oh, um, well, we'd have to go back to probably like uh, high school days, maybe. Um, I was probably like a, a student of the game, kind of, and and like curation channels on YouTube. Uh, that was kind of back in the days where it was more um, like you couldn't just distribute your songs through. Uh, through YouTube like you can nowadays. So uh, there was a, a more of a need for uh, these like curation channels. So uh, um, it probably goes back to like, I, I remember watching Mr. Suicide Sheep and like Majestic Casual, like a bunch of different channels with different uh, vibes basically. And um, I just thought uh, that, that could be my dream to do it one, one day. I, I just started it up and um i started off with like i don't know just a very very big variety of different sounds um i didn't really have like a specific sound i wanted to go with and that's why the name electronic gems came up is i think electronic is a really vast like umbrella term mm -hmm. so i wanted to be able to just upload kind of whatever i wanted in terms of sound and that's what i did for a while um, and yeah, it's kind of branched off from there. Obviously I, I kind of focus on one subgenre right now, but, uh, that's kind of how it got started. Now it sounds like you were a fan, obviously of electronic music going into this. Is that like a, was that something that you always loved was electronic music? Did it develop like at a certain age? Um, yeah, honestly, originally I was probably more into like the hip hop side of things when I was kind of in, in grade school or whatever. Um, 
And I definitely, <laughs> I had like a, a dubstep phase for sure after that. Yeah. Probably like around <laughs> high school area. So that, that was actually maybe the first foray into like electronic music for me. And there's a lot of curation channels on YouTube that I, that I subscribed to that were just purely <laughs> like dubstep and EDM and stuff. So, um, yeah, so I mean, the that era kind of propelled me into electronic music for sure. And then um, I think the reason dubstep was kind of like the first thing I gravitated towards is because I, I listened to music. I usually listen to music on like a, a crappy like laptop speaker. So you didn't really have to get like the highs and lows in the, in the song to really like enjoy it. Um, and then probably I think... I think one day like my laptop speakers like blew out and then so I was kind of forced to listen to music on headphones and that kind of changed everything for me. So, um, yeah, I started getting into more like more of the chill side of music, probably around like, uh, 2012, 2013. And that kind of opened up a, a whole new world for me in terms of like electronic music. Yeah. And you, if you're doing it at that time, you are the only one doing it. I'm pretty sure, right? I mean, there wasn't anything around other curation channels for chill, or was there? Um, no, I'd I'd say there was. Um, like as I as I mentioned earlier, like there's like Majestic Casual, and um, I don't know. There's probably a few others I can't I can't think of right now. But it, even then, it was still like pretty few and few and far between, right? Um. So I think there was like there's obviously a need for curation channels still in that kind of sound. Like I remember when I when I first started the channel, like the the kind of mo was um, sometimes there was just songs I would find on like SoundCloud or Bandcamp or whatever, and they just literally were not on YouTube. So if there was a song I found that wasn't on YouTube already, I would uh, just upload it and. Uh, and that was kind of like the the operation that I had going like when I started. So, and how has your you know your or how has Electronic Gems evolved over the years uh, to where you're at now? Because you know now it's you know you're putting out a compilation soon, and you know there's a lot of energy and a lot of excitement for what you do. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it's crazy. I, I think the, I mean, I'd be remiss to not uh, mention Resonance by Home. I think that was definitely the the big catalyst that kind of started this whole uh, kind of movement, uh, at least on the side of like electronic jams and stuff. Um, that was just kind of what built my, like when that started going viral or whatever around the internet, that's just kind of I think brought more eyes and ears to uh, the sound. And so obviously more and more artists are kind of like migrating to that sound and trying to like recreate it. Um, so my channel evolved into like trying to um, hone in on that sound, like the home resonance, like uh chill synth, lo-fi synth wave sound. Um, and so it's kind of evolved in that way where it's it's gone towards uh, a whole new subgenre. And um, nowadays it's just, uh, I guess I, 
in terms of YouTube, at least I, I represent that sound, um, just through electronic gems and it's, uh, it's gained a lot of popularity for sure. Yeah. It's, it's an incredible, um, you know, to see the, the community engagement around electronic gems and what you've done. And, and clearly what you've done is you've found a good balance of where you know, you're exposing people to music and your way that you're curating it. Um, and that's really what I want to get into a little bit was, you know, your curation method. Are you um, like uh, Andrew, for instance, you know, he has a very particular ear and he can't necessarily like it's this exact thing or that exact thing. Cause you know, Stratford has some variety of sounds, but like it, it has to resonate with him. Are you in the same way that you are, you are listening to these tracks and, and then curating them or is like your compilation that where it's like you personally curating this compilation and then the other things you upload are, are more just in the genre. I think what you say with the, with Andrew is probably pretty relatable with me. I, 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 I'm just one person that runs the channel and uh, so it's kind of like uh, a personal taste kind of thing and uh, so it, it's all it's all based on just what I like like obviously there's there's merit in what everybody makes right but uh, if, it, if it catches my ear then I I run with it and that's that's pretty much it that's the only that's the only prerequisite for getting on the channel obviously I've honed in on uh, like a specific sound nowadays but um i think i do have my music preferences i like to think that i have like a decent ear for music and like all across the board so um that's just what it comes down to is like kind of personal preference and that's what that's what gets on the channel and i know there's probably like there's a lot of artists nowadays that kind of want to be put on like the platform and they might feel a little miffed by not by not getting on there yet, but uh, um, I don't know. There, it's just uh, yeah, again, a, like a personal preference kind of thing. So, I think that's a really valid thing you're pointing out that you're talking about, um, and I think it's a you know it's difficult. And we had this talk a little bit pre-show uh, where you know you you start a thing because there is nothing there in that space and in you put you in order for you to do something, you have to have passion about it. Right. You know, we, none of us that do make music or promote music. We're, we're not just universal promoters. It's, you have to have a, a passion for that particular thing while you choose, you know, chill synth or, or whatever it is. And, you know, you're one person that's curating your, your taste. And so it's not a matter of, it's good or bad or whatever. I think some people, when they get that, you know, I, I, I'm not interested or I'm not able to do it or whatever as like a, as like a, an assault or some sort of like insult to their, their musical ability. And that's not really what it's about. It's whether or not it resonates with you on a personal level. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's why I'm, uh, I've, I've seen like recently, in the past like few years or whatever there's, there's more channels and stuff like uh, labels even like popping up and i think that's great like mm-hmm. uh, i'm not trying to like monopolize this this scene right i i i think there's 
so many artists uh, within the scene that are, and it's a really good community too. And um, I think as if there's more curation and more um, labels popping up, that's amazing. And I'm, I'm happy to see that. So um, yeah, I hope that it, it keeps trending towards that direction. And, and thank you for, for stating that, because again, I think it's really important that, you know, the, to state that you're not, you don't think that you're the king of whatever it's more voices, more curation. Um, it's welcome. It's a good thing. And having other, um, you know, people exposing other kinds of music. I love that. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure if you could relate to this, but I really love finding new music and doing music that does new in different things. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of always, you know, looking out for, well, who, who's doing something interesting or how are we taking, uh, this genre or this format or whatever it is in, in, and going a different direction. Cause I think that's the ultimate promise of electronic music is that infinite creation. There is no sound or no thing that is not possible through this type of music. And so, you know, certainly I, I have my own sort of base root things that I enjoy, but finding interesting things is something that I, I really enjoy and, and having new platforms that are coming up. I think, um, you know, uh, Nick at Polycora is starting to really curate some very interesting things and same with Joe at Puget Sound, which, you know, uh, Puget Sound is, I think, just a year too old, um, but already starting to have a very clear voice of curation in the same way that you are, but with different artists. And I think that is really fantastic. It reminds me of um, how labels used to be you know, back in the day where you had people curating things to a particular label. And if you like that label, you could depend on that. It has a certain through line with all the artists and you're like, okay, I like this label. They have this particular sound. So I'm probably going to like whatever this is because, you know, before the internet, that's, you just had to trust. Yeah. that, that That's good that you mentioned that because, um, that, that was probably what I, I didn't mention um, before is that uh, I think there is like um, kind of this phenomenon where, um, you know, people are looking for a certain sound when they come to my channel. So there is like kind of a need to fulfill that. And uh, I think there, the artists that kind of started off in the scene, um, and they've kind of like they're they're drifting away from it a bit. Like I I 100% respect that. Like the the need as like an artist to kind of develop your sound and try new things and experiment is like it's so important, right? Like you don't want to. The reason you want to make music is to be creative and um, you know just just try to build off your sound and experiment. So. Um, yeah, there's a lot of artists that are kind of like broken off a little bit and uh, at, it, it might not, you know, fit the channel anymore, their new music. But uh, at the end of the day, like, uh, I, like I love Memorex Memories, like new stuff, like the Data Wave stuff. Mm -hmm. um, Admo actually sent me his new uh, album coming out soon and I listened through it and it was like amazing. So, um 
it's a completely different uh, feeling from the music, but it's still like so good. And they're like, there's so much talent that's mm-hmm. come from this channel, like with all the producers that have been involved. So, yeah, it's you know, it's something that's come up pretty frequently as I've talked to chill people, uh, chill synth folks, and it's really like it, it's interesting because they're like, if it wasn't for electronic gems. I wouldn't be doing this, you know, that I submitted a song to Dan and just to see how it went. And it got a lot of resonance and a lot of traction and it, it helped, it propelled me to go further into this. And so, yeah, while, while other artists grow and do different things, you're giving people opportunities where an exposure, uh, because as you say, you curate a, a particular sound and, people know to go to you. So if you have it on your channel, we know as audience that it's going to be a particular thing. Cause that's, it's not on the radio. It's not in popular media. It's not, where do you go? You can't find it. And I would say Spotify doesn't quite have this genre figured out yet. Um, no, I don't think so. So, where do you go for that thing that you want, you know, that you really enjoy? And, um, and so I think what you do is really important and it gives, as you say, very talented producers that initial exposure to an audience, uh, to, to get them going. And that's, that's a really important thing. Um, have you ever considered doing like uh, sub channels of maybe some of the different things or, or are you really just focused on, your core electronic gems, this is what what you're doing. Uh, you know what? I have thought about actually like kind of going back to my roots and just uploading whatever, right, on a, on a second channel. Obviously, like electronic gems would be my main focus, but uh, I, you know, I should, uh, I mean, I've, I've thought about it, making a sub channel and uh, honestly, like, I, I probably will in the near future um, because there's definitely like, I, I still have my ears to the under, like the underground and different sounds. I like to think so there's obviously so many different types of sounds coming up um, nowadays. And uh, I would like to try to try to promote that to, to different ears, obviously um, from the ground up, uh, still even with like yeah. what I have right now isn't going to be easy, but um, it would be cool just to like, I don't know. It would be like a, a labor of love type of thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that could be very possible for sure. I'm just, you know, I'm so excited uh, that we're in sort of the, the area that we're at because there's so much innovation and so much, so much excitement. And as new producers are coming in, they're bringing in completely different perspectives. They're using instruments in completely different ways. And it's so exciting. And I definitely feel your, that strain a bit or that, um, you know, where you have a thing that people really resonate with and you're known for this thing, but you're not a singular person you don't you're not just live in one space you have other interests and other and things and so how do you where do you find the balance of that and you know take on the energy for another thing and and how would the audience respond to that so it's it's definitely a um 
a thing to weigh and to consider. And do you really want another channel? That's another bit of labor, as you say, and more, you know, another thing to keep track of and another, you know, um, so it's, it's work and you only have so much emotional and mental space in a day to really, you know, focus on these things. Um, have you thought about expanding beyond even just being a curator? Have you ever thought about becoming a label? I mean, you've been around forever, which means I know, you know, everybody. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, when I think about like the, the actual work that goes into, like, if I, if I look at like Andrew has been doing this for years, um, Stratford court, um, the like the amount of like do it yourself attitude that's required for that is just like kind of mind blowing to me and um so uh it's not like the first thing on my <laughs> on my <laughs> priority list but uh it's totally that fair. would be really cool like obviously i love physicals and i love that um there there is a big uh what, what would you say like a demand for like would I promote like on physicals like vinyl and cassette and whatever? Have you thought um, about um, like partnering with like Stratford for like compilations and things like that? Because what Andrew has started to do is work with other labels. So he, he does a lot of work with um, Puget Song Collective where you have your curation and your brand and your thing. And then he could release the physical because he has all the knowledge and know-how, obviously, and that those two things together seem to be uh, a no-brainer, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I've i thought of, like, I think me and Andrew talked about it, actually, like, a while back, um, like, to do a compilation like that. But then I thought about it more, and I'm like, Andrew's already, like, a, a good cur curator by himself. Mm -hmm. I don't know if, like me put, being put into the mix is going to make that much of a difference. Um, especially when you like kind of divide up like whatever, um, like when you put it through an artist and a label and a curator, I, I, yeah. I don't know if that's too much noise or whatever. So, um, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's that beneficial to do that. I, I don't know if there's like any, um, demand for that. If it, like, having the electronic gems uh like label on on like a physical but if there is then i mean i'd be i'd love to do it for sure so people that are listening if you want to have a electronic gems compilation some sort of physical format you need to let us know because that's <laughs> that's fair right you it you really hit on something that's really important is uh, a point of like, if you're an actual label making actual product where you actually have to order a thing, ship the thing and, and have customer service as part of your repertoire of stuff that you're doing, it does take a very specific kind of person and dedication to do it. Yeah. And not everyone can do it. So people that do do it, I applaud all of them because it is a lot of work um so you know having said that you would like to know if if that's something that people would reasonably want and, and i guess from my my point of view of looking outside in i'm looking at the response to the compilation that you've got coming out 
and people are really excited about it. And you you said it, but pretty much everyone in this community loves physical stuff, wants to have it on cassette, wants to have it on vinyl or whatever, mini disc if that's your your thing. Um, and so to have that tangible thing is so cool and people love to interact with it. Yeah, I, you brought up a good uh, point, actually. Like, I do have, like, a few compilations ar- already out, like, over the years. Um, and, like, this new one coming out um, in, in, a, in a couple of weeks. So if if people are asking for it, right, like, I know this new compilation coming out is, like, an amazing body of work, like, across the board. Like, all the artists just, like, went all out for it, which is amazing. Um so if if people kind of want to see it on vinyl or cassette um yeah i'd be i'd be happy to do it uh it's just a matter of like logistics or whatever i know like <laughs> i've heard the, the horror stories of like the logistics behind getting a vinyl record shipped out or whatever um so if i don't have to deal with that too much and then uh i would love to see that on uh on a physical for sure uh yeah the thing with vinyl and i you know it depends on maybe andrews is zoned in a little bit more so he's getting things on a more of a regular schedule but yet you just gotta you know it's a large investment up front even a deposit and then it's yeah. a lot of waiting so you've you've got money wrapped up in a and a thing you need to sell, but you can't sell it for a long time. And people hate pre-orders, which is fair. You know, I, I hate them too. You know, having to wait more than a month to get a thing in really sucks. And, you know, obviously there's a record company that got in real big trouble for for that. Like some stuff t- took a year to get into people's hands, which is not a good, that's not a good look for any company. But um, it could be done. There are ways. I, I I encourage you to uh, to investigate that more because I think there's a lot of um, people who really love to have that. And, and I want to actually uh, zone in on your your compilations. How did those? How did you go from curating to making a compilation? Um, that's a good question. I think the original idea for it was, uh, and I think it still is, like. The idea behind it is um, uh, just like keeping track of like subscriber milestones, right? Um, I think the first one was for the first one I did was for twenty five thousand, I want to say subscribers. Um, so it was kind of like the idea was just to kind of I don't know give back, I guess to like to make it like a like a package thing around like the milestone. Um, obviously like i'm so grateful for people that support the channel and and by supporting the channel you're supporting the artist too so uh i think like getting artists together and then putting them on a compilation is like kind of just like a nod to the to the audience that listens to this stuff so over the years i've kind of kept it like kind of consistent with like the the, the different milestones that the channels hit um and uh, hopefully continue to keep going with that. Yeah, it only seems to be growing um, from your where you're at, because I think, you know, you're sort of in the center of it. Are you 
seeing more artists come into the scene and more listeners? Is it growing in your opinion? Uh, yeah, for sure. Like, obviously, there's a big um, kind of leap uh, after, you know, home residents got huge. Um, and there's just been from that, I think there's been a, a pretty steady growth. Um, and I, I think, like, I was just talking to uh, uh, Ben, aka Hotel Pools, and I would, I saw him at the uh, Electronicon. Um, oh, jealous! Which is, I yeah, I think that's like, obviously, I don't know how much, um, how many people would like to see like chill synth in a live setting. I would love to see it personally. Like, like, I know I'm biased, but I think there, that's like maybe the next step, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Hotel Pools kind of represented our our scene over there at like a, a it was like basically just a vaporwave festival in new york um so uh yeah i don't know like i think that's the the next step in the evolution of the the channel and i think it'll it'll in the subgenre and i think it'll just keep growing from there hopefully yeah it's um it seemed like there were a lot of people there to see ben or there was a lot of people in the crowd i saw some of the back shots when he was on stage and i mean it seemed full to me yeah i uh i've been to like a a good amount of uh music festivals over the years and like i think his his sound fits perfectly into like that like being outside in the summer summer heat um just like vibing out right hey sorry for interrupting i hope that you're enjoying the episode so far and that when you're done listening to it that you'll tell us about it you'll leave a comment You'll like our page, you'll like the episode post, you'll share it, you repost it, you do all those things. Uh, all that kind of engagement uh, makes a big difference for you know what we do. We want to hear from you. And at the end of the day, it's as much about community engagement as it is about anything else. So all of those things, commenting, liking, sharing, following us, it all matters. We also have a Patreon where you can contribute as much or as little as you want. There is some exclusive content on there, and we will continue to update that. But know that your contribution goes back 100% into the show. I'm not going to ramble on. Kyle and I would just like to say thank you for listening, whether it's your first time or you've caught all the episodes. Thank you. So without further ado, let's get back to the episode. It's interesting you say that because I also run um, a a live synth promotion company in the Minneapolis St. Paul area. And my listeners obviously know this. I don't, you don't know this about me, um, but the the response to chill synth is pretty strong, e- even where I'm at. And it makes sense because Minnesota is known for its lakes, um, and so there's that. There seems to be this parallel vibe, if you will, from you know, the coasts chill and then lakes chill. And, um, and so when we've booked like Lucy in disguise, you know, his, he's gone over very well, um, with audiences around and, um, 
and you know we've brought other chill artists in and so it's interesting you bring that up and and i and i'll tell you more why later um but i i definitely agree with you i think the next step is to to get it more in a live setting and um have some curation um to a lineup of of chill folk and i've definitely thought about it um i keep you know i keep tabs of who performs live and and uh try to make those things happen here because there's you know where i'm at there's nothing there's unless i do it it doesn't happen so um it's interesting that you're honing in on that as well yeah i i know so you're in like the the synth wave kind of realm right more of the all synth wave side well uh, all synth electronic music i mean i you know dark synth 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 wave proper synth pop all those kinds of things. I, I, I try to like not focus in on like, this is my only thing. I try to be pretty open to, I just, if you have a synthesizer in it, I'm probably going to enjoy it is basically my, my rule. Yeah. So uh, yeah, like I, I, I know you could speak to this probably. I think like Synthwave um, has like a pretty, a decently healthy um, like live scene. Right. Yeah. I mean, um, there there's for promoters I, i'm just going to count promoters off the top of my head there's probably like four or five synthwave specific promoters who put on shows and then you have your classic synth touring acts so whether it's the midnight dance with the dead carpenter brut you know some of these they obviously go into other genres that help up, you know amp their audience but yeah there are there are touring synth people and then there are actual synth promoters. And, um, so yeah, I, I would, I would say yes to that statement. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's like kind of, I guess, um, where we like chill synth, I don't know how it doesn't have that much of a, of a representation in terms of, uh, the live scene. So, um, I don't know. It's really cool to see like the synth wave and like, there's like vapor wave live settings. Um, I know, like, there's people, like, as you said, like, Lucy in Disguise and uh, it was, like, System 96 that kind of, like, yeah, they kind of blend over, like, their, their synth wave with their chill synth. So, um, yeah, I think that's that's a pretty I – keep, I keep mentioning it, but that's just, like, a fun thing to think about because I love, I love live uh, music. Um, after, like, COVID happened, I've been – this summer I've just been like trying to go as much as possible to like uh, live shows. So um, yeah, hopefully one day it's, it starts to, to blossom into that kind of kind of side of things. And I think it's absolutely um, plausible. What I see as uh, roadblocks is that putting on concerts is extremely, can be extremely expensive and timely, uh, there's a lot that goes into it. So depending on how you're doing it, um, it, it, you have to have enough of an audience to at least, you know, my perspective is I don't, I'm, I don't do anything I do to make money because there is no money. Yeah. I'm not going to make a living, but I certainly at least want to not go broke. And, <laughs> right. you know, so uh, that's really my baseline is can, if I do this thing, can I afford to do it? Um, and as a, as a promoter, you know, I'm doing different things and trying to experiment with different lineups and different ways of promotion and things like that to engage people and, and 
know my community, if you will. And luckily, you know, we're the we're the town of Prince, so you know, there's that strong nostalgic uh love where I'm at, where it's a little easier where I could just kind of hone in on that and people will respond. Um so yeah, I think, you know, that's uh I've for myself have um thought about doing some DJ nights and having it you know just labeled chill synth and see what the audience reaction is you know just kind of put it out there do a low stakes event and uh, just see who turns up and see if that resonates with folks yeah i think uh, potentially maybe like another roadblock with this scene that there's like people from like all over the world like it's it's well represented like around the world um chill synth so it might be tough to like get the big names all together in one space, right? So you might have to just focus on like certain artists from a certain country. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think like, you know, if it was the event and the artist didn't think that they were going to come home rich after the event, I I think people would I think like someone like Voyage would come to the States to do a thing. And I know like Memorex memories, like this, this is his dream to tour America and, um, and play live shows. And so, you know, I think there's, there's the, the will it's just, you know, again, what, what are, what are the draw points? I think a festival in some way might be better because like, then it's like, here's the one event and it's going to have a lot of different folks possibly on it and it's going to be the draw like electronicon um like that was a draw people came from all over the place to go to that festival yeah i that would, that would be pretty cool just to have like uh you know our own kind of like electronicon um but like i think that that's all put together by um like george, george clanton and People that like George Clanton is like, I think like on par with, as I said earlier, like the DIY attitude that like Andrew Walker has. So, um, yeah, I, as you said, like there's a lot of uh, planning and just a bunch of stuff that goes into like making something like that happen. And uh, so, yeah, it, it kind of falls on, on someone's shoulders to, yeah. to get it together, right? And so I would, and again, for those that are that are listening, if you are interested in a chill synth festival, uh, let let people know. Let Dan know, obviously. Let myself know. Let Andrew know, because um, these are, th- you know, I think everyone that you know, like your, yourself, especially, like you're thinking beyond just what your what you do and and what else could be done, uh, what other things could be added to enhance. Uh, the scene and and so a lot of times for us it's like we're really weighing like man the the energy output needed to pull this thing off versus people's interest what is that what does that look like uh when you start to bring it to the real world it gets worrisome because then there's real stakes then there's time there's money um there and then you bring in vendor partners and all that kind of stuff it becomes real and so you know, you got to know that you're going to at least break even or pray you break even. Cause, um, what's interesting is about, 
you know, most synthwave promoters I know that have put put on like a a festival, they've either gone broke or had a mental breakdown or both. <laughs> at at the end of it, um, because it's one person or maybe a, a few people running a very large, complex business, um, putting on an event for a lot of people and if you make a misstep in promotion or whatever it is, or you mismanage money a bit, um, you at the end of it go broke or you're so stressed out. You have to basically hide away for a year to recover from it. So, you know, um, I think really it's just, do people want it and to let people in the community that are maybe standouts, uh, know that that's what they want. I feel that the chill synth um, festival would, would go over really well. And I actually think that I, it's a more engaged and more, I think it's gaining more popularity than even say like synthwave as a proper genre. I think maybe synthwave in its more traditional synth is maybe uh, plateaued. And I think chill synth is where all of the, the interesting things are happening uh, with innovation. And, and you got your little, you you mentioned earlier like data wave as like a weird offshoot of chill synth because i think all the data wave guys originally were chill synth folks yeah i i like i want to like play off that like uh because i was thinking about this too like kind of recently is like the whole nostalgia factor that's like connecting synth wave with chill synth um i think maybe like Synthwave uh, probably connects with uh, people who have like more of a nostalgia towards, you know, like '80s movies and '80s culture and stuff like that. And then maybe chill. Like I'm a I'm a '90s baby, so maybe chill synth kind of harkens back to, um, like the '90s, early 2000s esque era. So maybe that's why it's kind of like taking off a little bit, and it's got its own little place on the internet that's kind of on like a rise right now. Yeah. Um, but, but either way, like, yeah, the nostalgia factor is crazy. You can even hear it in like the mainstream, which is uh, like, if you, if you, like, if you listen to like the weekends albums where it's like all synth wave production and they're really, I love those albums too. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's definitely a marketable thing and it kind of, that's what kind of connects um, those two genres, like Synthwave and Chill Synth, which is like really cool to think about. You actually made a connection that I, I, that's just dawned on me is that, that maybe the, the delineator is literally age. Um, because as I've talked to a lot of chill, Ben is the, is the exception. Ben is my age. So, you know, he's older, <laughs> but almost everybody else, they're born in the nineties that I've talked to that I know of. And I'm sure there is chill synth guys that are that are older and i actually i know that for a fact but um a, a more common thing that comes up is you know like system 96 born in 1996 you know like yeah um i i find that really um an interesting line of like you feel nostalgic for different things and different songs resonate with you and it means a different thing and and i came out of like talking to system 96 actually um really like I'm an idiot. Um, I don't, I, and people my age don't own nostalgia. 
nor did I ever for that matter. And what that looks like is going to change and evolve. And it gave me a lot of hope for our type of music um, that it will, it'll stay fresh and interesting because as people get older and people get into um, creative age and et cetera, that it's going to, it's going to look and, and be different and change. And I am like that, that really felt good to me um, after having that realization. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I can't even think about like when the next kind of like nostalgic stage is going to hit. Like, is that going to be 2010 stuff like on on the mainstream? I, like, I don't even know. But uh, for now, I, I guess it's it's mostly like uh, 90s and 2000 stuff because that's kind of the age range that's like mostly on the Internet right now. Right. The 90s, I think, has a lot of leg room to do some interesting stuff because there's so much the nineties, not only did you have like uh traditional, you know, pop music and movies, but that was when like techno and IDM and, and trance and all of these things really started to rise. And, you know, you think about the movies of the nineties too, and, and the different tones and sounds like there's the nineties were kind of wild now that I'm really thinking about it, you know, like, there is, there's a lot of like, there weren't a lot of rules. And so you had a whole variety of different types of media and content to consume. And then obviously the, the rise of video games it, clearly in the nineties as well. Like that, I mean, there's so much there sounds and feelings to tap into from that decade. Yeah. And it, it obviously ranges from like such a, a wide variety. Like it's not just, chill scent or whatever it's like like i i was just listening kind of recently to like um if you remember like on n64 there was a lot of like um like jungle music on some of the games oh yeah there's a whole nostalgia around that which is really cool and obviously i think like uh there's a lot of vaporwave artists that kind of that kind of hone in on that too um and that was like one of the early um like completely different sounds that I heard like back in like late high school or college. And, um, so it's, if, if, if you like value nostalgia in that way, it's, it's, um, I can see why you, you kind of love and kind of like go towards that sound. So I have a, I have a personal question for you. Um, what draws you to, nostalgic sounding music what does it do for you and do you listen to you know modern music that's outside of of this thing i guess oh yeah 100 percent for sure um i i don't know like i see comments all the time right on the channel that are just like this song reminds me of uh, my like a good childhood memory or like the good old days or whatever so um yeah i mean nostalgia factor is real and um i do i do obviously i think everybody loves to like tap into that feeling um and if you can tap into that feeling with music it's that's like really uh that's really valuable and but that doesn't mean like i i still love like newer music i'm always looking for newer music um like my my music tastes 
I would like to think range pretty far out. Like I still listen to a bunch of new hip hop and um, some rap. Like I just saw, I just saw them. Uh, I don't know if you heard of them, Idols. I just saw them live in uh, in Toronto, and that's like a whole. Because I used to have like a, a a few buddies in high school that were in like a hardcore band, so like that kind of side side of things are uh, pretty fun to me too. Like just going to a live show and moshing. Um, so there's just like a, a range of music that I like, um, but like it, yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to like hinge on nostalgia or whatever. Yeah. That's really, um, I'm going to ask a, your opinion on something. Do you think that um, in this day and age folks are much more musically diverse in a general sense? Uh, I, I actually, I don't know for sure, but I would think with like the, the amount of, well, I think social media has a big effect on people's music taste nowadays. And like, just, there's just so many different avenues you can go down. So I think, think probably i mean a lot of people just like what they like right but uh you can like you can find different types of music like so easily nowadays it's just like at your fingertips so if you're if you're willing to look for it i think um yeah it's easy to go down those those avenues and try out different sounds that you might like so it's probably it's probably trending towards that direction for sure yeah growing up for me uh, in where I'm from, you were a country person. You were a rock person. You were a classic rock person, and you didn't really go outside of any of those things. And if you tried to interject different kinds of music, you would usually be met with some sort of visceral, like, reaction of distaste. And how dare you, you know, get into my my bubble of of taste and and I've never been that way so I've always sort of been an, an outcast of listening you know to electronic music obviously heavier music orchestral music I mean I, I kind of really just go wherever I go and um and and what I've noticed at least in my own personal thing is people are coming more in line with just being open. People are listening to video game soundtracks. They're listening to regular film soundtracks. They're listening to techno. They're listening to metal. And then all of these genres, and it seems like all genres are having these mass fusion things where artists are smashing like everything together. And before, like I remember people complaining that people would genre mash you know, like, oh, I can't listen to it. It's it's too, it's got too much stuff going on. And now it seems like people are like, yeah, I love all of this stuff going on in the music. Yeah, that's crazy to think about because, yeah, like, I think there's there's a big uh, a blend of music genres nowadays that just, I, I don't think, uh, uh, like, younger people these days are as discriminatory with, like, people's music tastes which is is pretty cool i think it does like if, if you were to say something negative about it it's kind of like the virality of music is is a little bit scary in a way but 
Um, and also, it's also very cool to see like people having diverse music tastes and, uh, yeah, definitely like the internet and like streaming services are a big part of that for Mm -hmm. sure. It's a, it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? Having access and freedom to listen to things like I remember being embarrassed. Like if I were to hang out with certain friends, I wouldn't let them hear me listening to certain kinds of music because you'd be judged. Like get that yeah. shit out of here. And now it's like, well, you just listen to whatever you listen to and it's fine. And it could be a playlist of extremes and it doesn't matter. Like I used to do that to mess with people. You know, I would like make a a mix and this is when you did it on a physical media. I'd put it on tape or I'd put it on a CD when you had those and then make that as a uh, make a mixtape and then throw just the most disconnected stuff possible on there to mess with people. And, and I feel like that would be less offensive today than it was when I was, you know, growing up. Um, but yeah, the, I think, you know, with social or streaming services, I think people's attention spans are, are getting shorter. So we see this evolution in music and, things happen so quickly and then it's kind of forgotten. My observation that ties into where we're at is that in our scene, people seem to have a more patience and yearning for a very specific thing. It's not the next thing. It's a very specific feeling and resonance that people are looking for and they, they stay here and it's a kind of a different mentality than say mainstream music. Do you do you agree with that at all? Or does that resonate with you? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. Like, uh, my 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 the way my mind goes when you like mention that kind of thing is like, uh, TikTok is like a big thing nowadays, and it's kind of like music marketing nowadays is just insane. Like, I saw. Um, I don't know if you saw this. There's like an AI generated like rapper or something. Yeah. And, uh, it, it made some waves. Uh, and that was just like mind blowing, but, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't really know how, like how I feel about that question. Really? Like I never thought about that before. <laughs> Sorry for dropping a bomb on you. Yeah. It's yeah. I don't know. Uh, with it, with the AI rapper, I almost feel like it's sort of like um, I, I'm really number one. I'm very suspicious of it because it is made by a record company, so yeah. its motivations are cynical to begin with. It is a money making scheme to basically capture to cut out artistry completely and just feed off of the hyper changing tastes of youth. And I think it's like, you know, in the way that like Mark Zuckerberg is trying to make the metaverse happen, but it just looks like the lamest shit ever. Like no one wants to go to your stupid metaverse, like stop with the metaverse stuff. Like if you're involved, no one else wants to be involved. And I kind of almost feel the same way with this um, um, AI rapper. And I think younger kids are much more cynical and tuned in to, um, disingenuous motivations like they're tuned into it a lot quicker they can see through things faster they're much more inclined to be you know anti-capitalist for that matter it's just like a default like you just be that way and it's not a big deal 
Um, so it's interesting. I, I, I distrust that in the same way that I distrust, you know, the metaverse meta as a whole. Yeah. It, it is a weird, like, musical climate altogether when you think of it. Like, I'm not even on, like, TikTok or anything like that. But just when it ever, like, I think there was a, a song recently, like, sampled uh, Resonance by Home. And it's just completely, like, I don't know if you know that that song that came became viral off TikTok that was, like, a bad, bad, not good song, like, sped up, basically. Um, it, it was basically that with Home Resonance and... So, like, there is, um, you know, there is, like, a way to become popular with music, which is, like, cool, I guess. But um, it is it is a little bit easier, and it's a weird, like, it's a weird, uh, what would you say? It's a weird just, like, ground right now with, with music in terms of, like, when you think of, like, social media and stuff. Yeah, it is. It's definitely strange. Um, I saw a TikTok of someone used Doja Cat rapping over a Calm True song in their TikTok video, and um, oh, yeah. uh, I, and I, you know, I've I've had Seth on the show a few times, and and he talked about. I didn't realize that that had even happened. I was like, Doja Cat rapped over one of your songs. That's crazy. Um, but then to actually see it in the world was even more bizarre. That, you know, I guess I would never expect those two things to cross over and, but they did. Yeah, that is, that is, I think, um, it kind of like with the music that's instrumental and like doesn't have vocals, it might like lend itself to, to like vocalists who were trying to get on like somewhat like the stuff like instrumental music if you can get like a feeling out of it um just from like no lyrics or whatever like if you could just if you have like a talented singer or whatever that just starts rapping or singing over it like i think that's a pretty easy in for like um like getting popular or whatever so yeah and Tom truth i suppose is easy because you know he has essentially you know hip-hop like beats in a lot of his songs yeah. so it's it's easy to get into a groove with that kind of music. Yeah, for sure. I love Comptures. It's, uh, that's like one of my early influences too. So it's like, he's like, like the data wave artist, right? So seeing people like coming back to that sound is really cool as well. Yeah. It's yeah. He's the God. It's interesting because he's been called the Godfather of synth wave and now the Godfather <laughs> of, of, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and he's, you know, he's the original artist that I listened to to get into the the wider genre to begin with. Um, I heard Galactic Melt, and I'm like, I want all of this all of the time. Yeah. I want this, and um, it led me down to where I am today. Um, and yeah, it's interesting how he's almost become nostalgic onto himself. Like he's been around for so long that now people are making music that sort of mimics what he does and what he's always done. Um, and, but he's the influence, the main influence as opposed to what he was being influenced by, which was hip hop and, and retro sounding synths clearly. And then now he's become a, a point of why well, I want to make music like that. 
Yeah, I, I, I think that like, yeah, he was one of my earliest, uh, like new finds where I'm like, Oh, what is this? Like, this is completely different. So, and I think that he's definitely influenced a lot of people and, and chill synth and synth wave. So, um, and there's like other art, like I remember, uh, Tycho, I, mm-hmm. I found pretty early on and that's probably influenced, like listen to like, uh, division streets music. You can definitely hear the, the influences there and, um, yeah, a few other artists in the scene. And so it, it's, it's cool to think like there are like those trailblazing artists that are, they, they still are, they're all humble and they're, they basically influence so many different types of genres and artists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what I love about, you know, uh, this community and, and I feel so at home in it is the, you know, for the most part, I think the lack of ego, you could pretty much get a hold and talk to anybody and, or you could be talking to someone that is doing a really cool thing and you would never even know it because it's not thrown in your face as a, look at me, I'm this cool dude, I did this thing, etc. It's just what, you know, whatever it is. Um, and they're just approachable, regular folk. And I love that. Um, yeah. You know, I, I've come from the metal scene when I was younger, and that is not the same kind of way at all. It was very much sort of an elitist, in my experience. I'm not going to say this is true about it now. I don't want to make some. I don't want someone to get mad at me because I'm saying that today that's how it is. But twenty some years ago, it was a. It, it could be kind of a brutal, brutal scene, and there's a lot of elitists. And I think you know in my opinion, at the end of the day, music is for everybody and you shouldn't have to act a certain way or dress a certain way or have a certain kind of political affiliation to like music. You should just be able to like the music you like and that just, it is what it is and it doesn't matter. Um, So, you know, I I feel like, you know, I get more of that here where people are approachable and easy to talk to for the most part. Yeah, for sure. And, like kind of going back to what we a little bit about what we talked about, like the the chill sense scene. Like um, I think like for curators like myself, it's it's at the end of the day, it's mostly just about um, it's about the artists. Like at the end of the day, just like getting their music out there. It's not it's not like a competition or anything, right? It shouldn't be. As soon as it starts to be like feel like that at all, it's just um, it's completely like counterproductive. So. Um, I think like the best thing for someone who like curates or has a label or whatever is just to like have the best, the, the artist, uh, best interest in mind. So, um, that's kind of like, I think, I hope the approach that, that everybody has towards that. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Is there anything else that we should cover while I've got you on? We talked about your compilation coming out. You got anything else going on? Uh, no, that's probably the the main focus right now. So, awesome. Well, I really appreciate you coming on, Dan. It's been a great conversation. Um, you know, until next time, this is Eric, and thanks for listening. Thanks, Dan. Thank you.